You have a company that has dropped 90% in stock price in a little more than a year. But they then have the U.S. government takes $50 million and backs a loan to them. Would you back a loan? Would you be the guarantor for a loan to a company that has dropped 90% in value? No. No good investor would at this point. But you were. Taxpayer was. Welcome, everybody, to the Andrew Cooper Ryder Show. Today, I ask that you all gather around as I tell you the story of App Harvest. Now, for those of you who don't know what App Harvest is, it's a company here in Kentucky, once uh, praised by Bashir as the next Toyota that uh, has quite a questionable future. This is a Kentucky company that focuses on indoor hydroponics, growing of, of uh, produce inside and not out in the elements. This is a fascinating story. Uh, it certainly as well serves, I think, as a good story and example of how we see our current business climate and government climate working because tens of millions of your tax dollars have been given to this company. Before we dig into that, please like, comment, share, subscribe, uh, encourage others to follow along. Every every small thing helps in that way. Uh, and as always, if you're listening to this on Facebook or YouTube uh, or perhaps on Twitter and you want to be able to put your phone down but continue to listen to the show, you can always listen to this in a audio-only format available on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, um, Amazon podcast, anywhere where podcasts are listened to, you can find this show here. Now, all of this information I'm about to give you comes from a pretty extensive amount of research. However, if you have some firsthand knowledge on something on, on app harvest, as you're listening to the show, feel free to reach out to the Andrew Cooperator show, and I'll be sure to update our listeners on it as this is still a company that exists in Kentucky, uh, and we'll have continuing look. And um, you can reach out to the show at info at theandrewshow.com. Info at theandrewshow.com. Without further ado, let's dig into it. Let's take you back to 2017. This is when App Harvest first really starts to make the headlines. The founder's name, Jonathan Webb. Jonathan Webb, a native Kentuckian, has an idea to move our produce growing indoors. Uh, something he says will help us compete with uh, where we're importing from, places like Mexico and elsewhere. It'll help bring our supply lines closer. And also as well, the indoor growing aspect of it means the seasonality of the growing isn't as much of a problem, but also as well, you can bring... Um, hands-on work, the kind of agricultural jobs, the kinds of jobs that uh, individuals in eastern uh, Kentucky and other parts of rural Kentucky especially uh, can find a lot of um, enjoyment from typically, you know, whether that's prior coal miners or farmers themselves. Uh, you know, th there's this, if you all remember, there was this big to-do about telling all these old coal miners, uh, learn to code. 
And that's not very realistic, especially, and not even necessarily old coal miners, but just people who are wired to work with their hands. Telling them to code isn't exactly uh, a great idea. It doesn't play to their strengths, and it certainly isn't how humans can find um, dignity necessarily if they don't enjoy it. So it certainly provides those types of opportunities for those who like to work with their hands, but also as well, it provides a uh, economic opportunities to areas that otherwise normally struggle. In eastern Kentucky, within a day's drive of about 60 to 70 percent of the United States, and by being able to bring uh, this type of um, growing indoors, it can really help uh, to push that forward. Additionally, as well as we saw an organic push, the idea here being is by bringing it inside, uh, it uses less water, which is true because you're in temperature control. You don't have to worry about fighting as many elements. Additionally, as well, uh, pesticides aren't as much of a concern. You can more so try to lock down the facility and keep out those pests that would otherwise you'd have to spray by keeping them outside. Additionally, as well, the yield rate could be significantly higher, resulting in greater profitability per man hour. We're going to pick this story up in February of 2017. App Harvest um, decides that they're going to open up their first farm. They announce it there in Pikeville. Uh, this is to be a large farm, and they promise uh, it will create... Uh, 140 jobs. And at this point, they also bring on uh, an investor, J.D. Vance. A lot of you will know J.D. Vance. Of course, he is the U.S. Senator from Ohio and uh, himself has some ties to Eastern Kentucky with his extended family coming from Eastern Kentucky, him having uh, uh, summered in Eastern Kentucky. He takes an interest in it and provides uh, some money too as well to help the funding. But in this, our state approves them for $2.5 million in tax incentives at the state level. And then there's also some deals struck with local governments as far as some tax incentives to help push this project along. February 2017, they're talking about this project, and they say they're supposed to break ground and start construction of this project in June. I want you to pay attention through this story. All the times that App Harvest and Jonathan Webb Talk about something opening. And I want you to keep track of every single time that doesn't open when they say it does. Or maybe doesn't open at all. Um, because that will give you some clues into this company's future. They say uh, they're going to open in June uh, or start breaking ground in June. Let's fast forward. September 2018. We still have not broken ground. <laughs> That's right. It's over a year later. Okay. App Harvest still has not broken ground. But they have decided what they need to do is start these classes. They need to train uh, this up-and-coming generation to get these 140 jobs. So they go to uh, the local schools there, and they decide they're going to launch this hydroponic class. Uh, so that way they launch the class. Um, some of this is being pushed by them and funded by them, but let's be honest, this is occurring at your public schools with your public students. Our public dollars are being used to help fund this. I think that's incredibly important as we look at many of these um, companies over time and different ways that they take advantage of you and I in ways that 
I'm a business owner. I have several companies. I employ dozens of employees. And yet I don't have the taxpayer paying to help fund the training of my staff. Um, instead, uh, I don't have any help with that at all. So what they do is, is they come in and they set up these hydroponic gardens inside of containers. Uh, and there's some even here in Lexington. And it's meant to be a hydroponic growing class uh, for the students. Now, at this point, you could insert a joke about teaching our high school students to grow weed, but I will let you insert that uh, joke yourself. Because, of course, um, that is obviously one of the first things that comes to mind is you're teaching a bunch of kids how to grow plants indoors. And, um, well, marijuana is certainly something that's typically grown indoors. But we will put that to the side. So there you go. So we have some taxpayer in part funded training. I understand App Harvest was helping uh, pay for some of this. Now, App Harvest promises, though, at this point that they're going to break ground on their Pikeville uh, uh, building in the fall. Fast forward January 2019. So we are in September 2018. Now we're in January of 2019. Uh, still hasn't broken ground. Remember, they had promised they were breaking ground in Pikeville in the fall, and they have reneged on that promise. So Pikeville says enough is enough, and they resend the lease from App Harvest. So App Harvest says, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Moorhead, Kentucky instead, bring a project there, and now instead of 140 jobs, we're going to promise 285 jobs. And it's important to understand why talking about this the amount of jobs they're bringing is so incredibly important because remember, a lot of this is saying, hey, we're going to help out these uh, uh, places that are struggling for employers. We're going to help bring them jobs into the area. So they say we're going to have a new project there and instead of 140 jobs, 285. So they've always already revised up their project, almost doubling it. And it says it will be open in a year. This is January 2019. Okay. So remember, February 2017 is when they started out saying, hey, we're going to break ground here in just a few months. Now, fast forward, it's January 2019, two years later, and they say we're bringing a job, 285, and um, we'll be opening up. And this is the first time we start to have some questions about viability, because obviously this company is having quite a lot of issues um, already. And because if it can't, and, and, and I know this seems so kind of simple, right? But one of the biggest things about this, the biggest part about this project is the building. That's what makes it unique and different is that they're growing indoors. And if you can't get your act together to be able to build this farm in your projected timeline, you will always be unable to grow. It doesn't take necessarily a business genius to be aware that if your main component of your business is your facility. That's one of the, if not the most important part. Heck, that's what makes you different. You're not just planting tomato plants in the ground. You're growing them inside. You need the facility. And if you can't get it together, what kind of future do you have as a company whose entire purpose is to build things that can grow things indoors and you can't get it built? But continuing, questions begin about viability. All right. So fast forward, May 2019, the leveling begins. Now, now remember, right, he said when uh, 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 Webb there, App Harvest said, 
that they're going to come in and they're going to open within the year. So January of 2020, May 2019 leveling begins. When do you think this building actually opens? It doesn't open until October of 2020. They officially launch the Moorhead location. And do they bother to wait to kind of get that up and running, figure out what they need to figure out about these buildings, about these facilities, the key things they have to understand. Do they even wait till they grow the first plant? No. As soon as they're done and they officially open in October, 2020, they go ahead and break ground on a second facility in Richmond, Kentucky in October, 2020, they break ground on a second facility in Richmond. Now, part of this uh, project there in Moorhead, the taxpayer had to build one point, spend $1.9 million for roads, as well as millions of other dollars in economic incentives. And we can talk about economic incentives. You know, those are things where this isn't cash into the company or even necessarily an expenditure of taxpayers' funds. It is saying, we're going to cut you a break uh, on your taxes, you have to pay. Now, some would claim that obviously that if a company employing hundreds of people in this case, like we said, 250 come in and they're being given tax breaks, those, uh, uh, taxes fund vital resources to a community. And therefore the local taxpayer, the other taxpayers in the area are going to have to shoulder that burden. So you could claim that, well, these tax incentives, that's not really giving them cash, but that is subsidizing. You're asking the taxpayer to subsidize uh, government services, including things like paying $2 million for a road to your facility without also paying in the tax dollars you're supposed to. But continuing forward. So they break ground and in Richmond, they open up this facility. January now uh, of of. 2021. Oh, let's hold on. Rewind here. At this point, Martha Stewart comes on board. So Martha Stewart joins the board of this company. So right now on this board, you have uh, JD Vance as well as Martha Stewart on uh, this board of App Harvest. Okay. So let's fast forward. January 2021. We are now uh, a few months forward. The first tomatoes out of the, the first facility they've built are officially hitting markets. The first tomato. So from 21, so it took from 2017 to January of 2021 for it to grow its first plant. Now, you'd normally want to ask a lot of questions about why this is happening. But see, the problem is, is so many people are blinded by the quote-unquote economic development opportunities. Not only, hey, we can make money, but we can help an area that they ignore some leering questions. Like you're not hitting, remember I said count times that they miss their construction objectives. Completely missed it in Pikeville after two years. Then they go to Moorhead. They miss their uh, uh, target opening date by a fair amount. I mean, in October 2020 is when they officially open and they were saying, look, we're going to be open a year in January 2019. That's in the same, they didn't even move facilities. I mean, they missed that timeline by eight months or so. That's a lot of time in business, especially when you're paying construction costs. So January 2021, first tomatoes are hitting the market. 
Now they begin construction on a third greenhouse facility in Berea, and they announced they want 12 facilities built by 2025. This is a big problem. The, this glassy-eyed look that so many people uh, get. Well, well, well. This company here uh, uh, is set for extra growth. And instead of figuring out how to even make what they're currently doing work, the tomatoes are just now hitting market. They instead decide, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start construction on a third facility. And at this point, too, in February 2021, um, so January 2021, start construction, third facility in Berea. Want 12 by 2025. February 2021, they go public with stock price initially of $10 that skyrockets to $35.70 a share. Now they're public. We're going to be tracking this stock price because this gets quite interesting. They go ahead and at this point, too, as well, they expand their containers at schools that were teaching indoor growing and they're going to expand uh, that out. Now we move into April of 2021. J.D. Vance now exits the board. Why? Because he tweeted out some things about how these companies that want to go ahead and um, get involved in things that don't concern them, like uh, in this case, he referenced directly the voting uh, uh, situation, saying that, oh, you're hampering voting. He tweets out that the government should be looking at um, taking away their economic incentives. While he is sitting on the boards of companies like App Harvest that enjoy large economic incentives. So he gets a little bit of heat from that and goes ahead and leaves the board of App Harvest. June 2021, they announced two more sites. Bashir makes a visit and uh, proclaims that this is our chance at the next Toyota. The App Harvest is our next Toyota. Coming up, we're talking about how the first problems start to show their head as if the hints weren't already there. So before the break, we uh, were talking about how they are now up to um, announced uh that they will have a total of five spaces. Uh, of course, their Moorhead facility, Berea, Richmond, uh, Somerset, and then another one in Moorhead. And they've begun construction on Berea and Richmond in August of 2021. But in August of 2021, we have our first announcement of a serious issue. App Harvest announces 30 $2 million loss for that quarter, which causes a plummet in their stock price. Remember before they had their hive about $35. Their stock price is now $8.12. $8.12. Guys, they went public in February of 2021. Now, August of 2021, they're down to $8.12. $35 in February, August, $8.12. And the problem for this loss is pretty obvious. Really cruddy product. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. When it comes to tomatoes, which is what they're growing in Moorhead, what the product they need to produce has to be very high quality. Uh, grade A product. In order to go to... Uh, places like Wendy's and, and other places um, and be able to sell at a much higher price. 
slagging tomato prices as well as cruddy product cited by their inability to train and operate these farms. Shocker. Maybe instead of see, here's the thing you're using up this money as capital to build all these other places, but you haven't figured out how to grow a tomato consecutively yet that sells for a good yield price. You can't do, you, you need the cushion. You need the money to be able to, to float you in case you get it wrong. But of course, hubris tells you, hey, th this, is, this is a part of, this is a part of this whole startup idea. We just need to be bringing in more and more money. Just continue growing, continue growing, bring in more and more and more investors. You know, you don't need to plan for your future. More money will always come in. At the same time, they they announce this thirty two million dollar loss. They say Berea and Richmond is thirty percent uh, constructed. Fast forward to November of twenty twenty one, they now have lost seventeen point three million in the second quarter. Uh, stock price continues to drop, but they say, "Look, we're going to now instead of having twelve farms by twenty twenty five, we're going to have nine. And we're going to employ 2,000 people. Remember, they keep talking about the jobs. And it's incredibly important uh, for them to keep talking about that because that is the good they're doing. It's not just about making money. It's about doing good, right? February 28th of 2022, they announced that they had $166 million of loss in 2021, but they're still set to open up three farms stock price at this point is three dollars and 53 cents their three more farms are going to open up will be berea richmond and somerset june 2022 now they say look we're going to be self-sufficient by the year end we're going to focus on growing tomatoes what they should have done before and we're going to focus on getting our three other farms open in Berea, Richmond and Somerset which they say each of those is about 70 to 80% completed June of 2022 they announced that they will continue to make their investments of 140 to 150 million the rest of the year so keep up with this timeline right so they are plummeting in stock price but they say, look, we're going to get this taken care of. Yes, we're posting huge, gigantic losses, but we're going June of 2022. Remember the date. They say, we're still in planning on investing 140 to 150 million. We plan to lose 80 million this year, but we have, at this point, they still only have one working farm in Moorhead, one working farm. I say, look, we're going to lose that 80 million, but we're going to still invest that 140 to 150 million. Now we're in August of 2022. So just in June, now August 2022. Today, they have yet to take an economic incentive. Uh, they've, they've yet to take cash from the government. They have taken economic incentives. They have taken uh, tax cutouts and other things. Now current stock price, it's $3.50. Remember, they're high of $35.70. They're now down to $3.50. That's a 90% drop from February of 2021 to now August of 2022. In less and slightly more than a year, they have dropped 90% in stock price. Now, who in their right mind would give this company money at this point? 
Know who did? You did. That's right. At this point, the USDA backs a $50 million loan so they can finish out the construction on the Somerset facility. Remember, the Somerset facility is already 80% complete. So Somerset facility, already 80% complete, they get a $50 million loan from us, the taxpayer. Cash, $50 million. Us, the taxpayer. They didn't have the money to complete the facility. And they came to us to back it. You have a company that has dropped 90% in stock price in a little more than a year. But they then have the U.S. government takes $50 million and backs a loan to them would you back a loan? Would you be the guarantor for a loan to a company that has dropped 90% in value? No. No good investor would at this point. But you were. Taxpayer was. October. Now of 2022. Berea finally opens up. Now in November of 2022, the company comes out and admits they're running out of money. They have substantial substantial doubts about its future and only have enough cash on hand to last four months. In June of 2022, they're saying, look, we are still prepared to invest 140 to $150 million. In August of 2022, they take $50 million in a loan backed by you, the taxpayer. And now in November of 2022, they're saying, look, we're out of money. We're out of money. So they announced that they're going to focus on their operations at the Berea, Somerset, and Richmond locations, as well as Moorhead. And they're going to focus on profits, turning a profit. And uh, they're going to put their whole growth plan on pause. Something they maybe should have done as soon as they started building the Moorhead facility and made sure it was turning a profit and could put out a couple of harvests before they start deciding they're just going to get crazy into it. Coming up, we're going to cover exactly what now has played out over the last 10 months or so. And what hope does the taxpayer have of ever getting their $50 million back that they've backed to this company, App Harvest? So we got this company spiraling downwards that just took $50 million backed by us, the taxpayer. Now we're in November of 2022. Stock price is now a dollar twenty. Year and a half, it's gone from thirty-five dollars a share down to one dollar and twenty cents a share. It's important to understand too. Nasdaq, if you have consecutive uh, uh, months below one dollar closing price, they have the ability to delist you from the the stock. Delist the stock. At this point, too, now you have several shareholders coming out uh, with lawsuits of alleged fraud against the company, saying that they misled investors about their preparedness to go public. Now, no, duh, they weren't prepared to go public. They couldn't even get a farm built on time to save their life. They can't get any of these farms built on time. 
they missed projections of when to build on every single farm, like every single one. Something, by the way, that's going to come back to haunt them here directly in a second, putting that to the side. In these lawsuits, they say, look, they can't hire people. They can't manage people. They're bringing in contract labor, having to pay them more because they can't get a hold, can't handle it. They can't train people. They don't know how to pick food. They're picking it when it's over. It's, it's, it's not ripe yet. Food's overripening, dropping to the ground. They got gnats everywhere inside the building. These are all claims in the lawsuits. I'm not saying they're true or not. I'm just saying this is what the claims are. At this point, they have 700 employees. And some of these people being defrauded, by the way, guess what? Taxpayers. That's right. Some public pension funds have invested into this company at Parvis. In fact, on the lawsuits, we have a pension, public pension out of Massachusetts <laughs> saying, look, you defrauded us. You lied to us. So they got to come up with the money. Well, how do they do that? Well, in December of 2022, they sell the Berea uh, uh, farm. So they've built the Berea farm and it, right after they build it and finish it, they then sell it to their distributor and uh, sell it to their distributor for $127 million. And they enter into a lease agreement. And a part of this lease agreement is certain production because that is their sole distributor. That is the person who has distributor rights to them. And so they say, look, we'll buy the facility. We'll lease it back to you. We got the money. We'll lease it back to you. Um, and you keep selling your product to us, right? That raises them $127 million. December 2022. Now we're going to move forward. A few months later. So December 2022, $127 million. June now of this year. They get a foreclosure filing on their Richmond farm. Over a $66 million um, because of a $90 million loan that they pulled out to build the location. And the delays and cost overruns caused them to default on the loan. That's the claim. And they get an eviction notice, a foreclosure notice on the facility telling them, to pay up or get out. Why? Because they couldn't build the facility on time. And every time you see a facility falling short of its goal or app harvest falling short in general of its goal, of its goal to, to reach a sales goal or of its goal to build a building, they blame something out. Well, you know, it's low prices or, you know, well, it's, it's, it's uh, supply lines or, well, you know, construction, it just an issue. Look, at some point, you have a company that's continually missing their, their deadlines, their, their construction deadlines, their growth deadlines, their ability to turn out a harvest. At some point, you got to ask some questions. Guys, next month, it's coming up on one year since we backed $50 million to them. We're going to end up having to pay it. I think they're going to end up defaulting on this loan. Be silly to think they wouldn't. I could be mistaken. They get a foreclosure file in Richmond. Then <laughs> you can't make this up. In July this this month, okay, their distributor now says your production levels are so low out of that farm because you signed a lease to have this farm that that then sells us a certain amount, and your production levels out of this farm should be this much, and it's not. And it's so low that what we're going to do is we're going to evict you. That's right. 
They just sold this facility to them back in December. And now they're getting evicted, facing eviction filings out of this facility because they can't produce the levels that they promised in the lease. Their distributor says, I'd rather sell it to somebody else that knows what they're doing. We've dumped tens of millions of dollars as a taxpayer into this company. It has been pushed forward as this shining jewel, this example of what to do. Just a few years later, not even sometimes years in this case, they're facing eviction out of two of their facilities. Their own distributor kicking them out. What's their stock price now? 35 cents. Their high was $35. It is 1%. <laughs> their stock price has fallen almost 99% since their opening. It's worth 1% of it was. In fact, the NASDAQ told them, look, if you can't deliver above $1 closing price for 10 consecutive days before, oh, within the next couple of months, we're kicking you off the NASDAQ. They're right now. So you've got two facilities being delisted. We're being kicked off the NASDAQ. Not we, sorry, the App Harvest. It's got two facilities being evicted out of. It's being kicked off the NASDAQ. And oh, less than a year ago, by the way, you wrote them a check for $50 million. So what are they doing? Well, Jonathan Webb, founder, CEO, he's out. He's kicked out. Apparently, they figured out he doesn't know what he's doing. They instead have moved their uh, him over to chief strategy officer. And Tony Martin, who's a quote-unquote veteran of indoor growing, is named the new CEO. Why? Because they're moving from growth to just operations. They just need a facility to be profitable and to operate. They don't need a founder CEO, somebody focused on growth. They need somebody focused on how do I even turn a profit and turn this company around that's not putting the cart before the horse. Why do I even tell you this story? This is a political podcast. Why do I bring this up? What can we learn? Well, first, government investments. Is bad news bears anytime government investments get involved. And the reason why tens of millions of dollars were thrown at this company is very simple. It was providing two or three very key things that the government right now eats up and will blow hundreds of millions of our tax dollars into. Technology, the future, providing jobs in rural communities. It's sexy, it's new, but old at the same time. You're growing food. So it provided jobs in rural areas. It provided jobs that uh, uh, bringing bringing things that are otherwise overseas or or in other countries like Mexico to the United States, and uh, it was green. It used ninety percent less water, no pesticides. It's organic. It was hitting on three major points that our government right now loves to see, which will cause them to crack open their wallets. Additionally, as well, those are three things that these startup investors love to see. Let us not forget uh, the medical company, Thernos. Let us not forget FTX. Both companies that literally 
were only worth what they were because of a bunch of outside speculation said, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, this is the future. Keep in mind, this, this company was receiving hundreds of millions of dollars in investment and it's total amount of profits from its sales itself, not net profits, but net sales profits. So, so just the cost to grow the tomatoes and then sell them was only several million dollars. That's like the most they've ever done. Like the most they've ever done in like a quarter is like four or five million. That's before other profits. That's just the cost of growth and everything else. The cost of expansion. What I foresee happening, some company comes in, buys up App Harvest for nothing, because at this point they're worth nothing. Um, they've got so much debt on the books, coupled with their sales revenues. I mean, they're, they're pretty much worth nothing. You're going to have to bring them in. And the only reason why you'd buy them is because you know and I know that our state, our local, our federal governments will continue to spend millions of our dollars on these types of crazy companies. Well, guys, that's what we have time for today on the Andrew Cooperator Show. Thank you all so much. We'll be back here tomorrow with a new episode. Have a great rest of your day.